Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of another one of Loving That Sports Talk. And I'm a co-host, Terry Jackson. How are you today? Great. Well, we got we got a great guest on the show today. A great guest, another one, a young man that was a teammate of mine. That I don't even like to say teammate because we became like family. So I say teammate because uh, one, he was on the other side of the field with me. He was on defense out of the office, so we weren't teammates; was enemies. So we'll be able to talk about that, and um, we're just gonna get his insights on everything. Like you know, how he played defensive back, and um, the great technique that he had learned, and how he had done it, and where he can help with the young kids coming up. But, Terry, I'd just like, um, before we get started, um, tell a little bit about, you know, um, what happened with your son, Terry Jr., what he had, his compliments he just received. Well, Terry Jackson Jr. received uh, one of the top 25 players in the state of Wyoming. Um, So he'll have honors for that. He's pretty excited about that. So, and, and what we're going to do is we get more information on about that so everybody can go out there and check him out right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, we're going to have a, I think they put together a little uh, dinner and a little program for those guys that got that got chosen for that. It's it's quite an honor. That is a great honor. And, uh, it's a great high school career that he had. But we'd like to introduce my guest, Steve. Are you there, Steve McMillan? Yes, I am. How are you doing? Oh, how are you doing today, Steve? Good, good. God, I, I've been trying to catch up with you. I got a hold of uh, President Obama before I got a hold of you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm working, working kind of hard nowadays, so it's, it's tough to travel quite a bit, and uh, it's been tough to catch me. Well, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and you know where you played, and all that. Okay. Yeah, originally I uh, grew up in Denver, Colorado. Had the opportunity to uh, play in Wyoming. Um, and had a couple great years up in Wyoming. Uh, my junior and senior year, we actually won the uh, WAC championship. And then after Wyoming, I had opportunity to go to, to the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, had a, a shortened career. Um, ended up uh, getting hurt against the New England Patriots, but uh, made some real good friends, and it was an excellent time. And what position you play, Steve? Let the listen more. I played uh, cornerback, and actually I came in with uh, primetime Deion Sanders and uh, Brian Jordan during that area. So if you can calculate a, a few years, I've got a little age on me. 
You know what? As we begin on the show, I would like to definitely talk for you to talk about your experience there and how it was and your workout habits for the younger kids that's coming up. What advice you would give them. But, you know, Steve, I guess we got... Um, Uh, we got a couple, uh, we got a guest I'd like, like to say hi to you. Are you still there, Wanda? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> this is Steve White, right, Steve? That's my mom. Your mom? <laughs> oh, okay. How you doing, uh, Mom? I'm doing good. Your dad is trying to get on. They haven't connected him yet. He wanted to listen in also. Okay, that is great. Uh, you got a great son there. Yes, well, thank you so much. We think so also. Well, I'd like to ask you a question, uh, Miss McMillan. As Steve was growing up, how was he such a great son, and how, you know, when he was growing up to be such a great job he is today? Well, I I always knew he would have some potential to do something, because when he was a, a young kid, he always said that he wanted to, you know, be a um, football player. And so even in school, he played with the Little League, and... All the way through school, he played football, and he enjoyed it. And I always knew that's what he wanted to do. Uh, and uh, uh, Steve, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How was it like sitting with your parents and how they influenced you and it be such a, you know, because every time I tell a young kid, mm-hmm. it starts with your parents. And, you know, you have a good upbringing. You become a great man in the world. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, 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 you know, I uh, give kudos to my parents. Um, one, one of the things is that uh, uh, my parents are rooted, and they put their uh, um, God first in everything that they do. My dad's a minister, a pastor, um, and I was very active in our church and things like that. So there was a lot of uh, boundaries and things that uh, my parents uh, put. Although, you know, my mom, she's speaking highly and really nice of me. Um, but I was the more challenging child. I tested my parents quite a bit, but <laughs> I think with them being uh, rooted and grounded, uh, they did keep me in a straight path and um, allowed me uh, to to be to be the man I am today, just based on their family values. Now, Terry, isn't that what we were saying about you know our young kids nowadays? They need to uh, have their parents bring them up and then learn more from them. The kids now they are not doing that, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's very important that parents are, are also involved in their kids' lives and, and the things that they're doing uh, and taking an interest in, in, in what these kids are doing. You have Mr. McMillan? Yes, and, uh, yes, you know, I definitely agree. You know, I've uh, also coached high school football. I've coached the uh, younger kids. And, you know, you, you see nowadays, too, you see a lot of single-parent homes, and uh, which I have been very involved in uh, uh, mentoring some of the younger kids as well that I've coached and uh, seeing uh, some of the kids going to college to play football, things of that nature, coming from single-parent homes and try to assist in bringing some of those values that I've learned as well. Mr. Miller, you there? Hello? Steve or my father? Oh, your father, your father on the line now? Or my mom. No, I'm I'm still here. He can't get. He won't come okay, in. well, what we have to do. We ask you one more question, McMillan, and then we'll get you out there and we'll be able to get him on. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. The question I like to ask you is, like, you know, um, I was able to be a teammate of Steve, 
and all that. And I've seen, you know, just how he treated everybody as a, as a teammate. I don't know. Is, is that how he was treating all his other friends all like that? You know, just welcome them in like that? Yes, he did. He, he was he was always was a child to, uh, you know, treat everybody right. And he, he seemed like he was always a leader and could uh, direct other kids in the right path. And whatever he did, they followed. And he, he was like that in, in all the way through in life, even with his sister and brother. <laughs> well, well, Steve, before I get to your mom, i got one more question because I like what she just said. Isn't that great, though, like kids like that, like Steve and other, other kids can be a leader and not a follower? That's that's right. I've always thought he'd try to be a leader if he could, but sometimes he he led uh, kids always to the right path, and I think he 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 was kind of like that, you know, through life. And and I honored him for that because he was a great kid, and whatever I told him to do, he tried to do his best to be the leader that we had brought him up to be. His dad is a leader in the church, so I think Steve is following in footsteps. Well, thank you, Mr. Uh, McMillan, for calling in, and I appreciate, you know, all you have done, and I'm, you know, great great having you on the show. It's so good uh, talking to you, and so I can get the phone to my husband if you want to. Okay, yeah, we have him, and uh, is he right there with you? Yes, he is. He's here. Okay. We'd love to have him on. Okay. Hello? How you doing, Mr. McMillan? Fine. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. You got a great son? Pardon me? I said you have a great son now. Yes, sir. We think so. Uh, we'd like to ask you a few questions if you have time. That, it's a little bit hard to hear you. Can you, can you hear me, Steve? Is everybody on the line? Yeah, I can, uh, I can hear you. I can hear you now. Okay. As Steve was growing up, you know, you know, we was, you know how he was great on the field. How was he so great off the field when he wasn't playing sports? Well, he was just about everything that he uh, put his mind to do, he, would, he could do it, including playing football. Uh, also, he uh, uh, was a drummer in the church, he musically inclined, and he was... Just enthused about accomplishments. Steve, how was it with you having your father in your life and being there for you and everything? Not only on the field for the sport, but off the field in the church and that. Well, you know, I, I, my dad, you know, he he was a authoritarian in my life and really um, kept kept me on a on a straight and narrow. And uh, a lot of things that with having my father in my life. Enable me to learn things from him, um, to learn to accomplish. Um, like in my job place, I watched my dad working growing up and watched my dad um, go from uh, the bottom to forming a supervisor in his work workplace. And that did inspire me to accomplish the things because my dad always told me, whatever you put your mind to do, you can't accomplish it. Just don't give up and continue to keep trying. And that's I feel that's what I have done. I still continue to try and carry that on today. Mr. McMillan, when, when you see um, not only like in um, your own, if you see it in um, other kids, and you see it in the church, the young kids coming up, and you see that they have it, but they're not getting pushed by the, the parents, what advice would you give them? 
I will give them the uh, advice that you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to and whatever uh, you want to be in life, you can do it uh, if you keep at it and be consistent in whatever your goals are. You know, and before we, we go to break, Mr. Mayman, I'd like you to um, tell the listeners out there a little bit of what you do. I know Steve said you were in the church, you're the pastor and all that. Yes, sir. I, uh, I was a pastor in Denver, Colorado for 20 years, and now that I've moved to Louisiana, I'm, I've been a pastor there for 14 years, and uh, uh, we uh, just believe that if you... Uh, keep your mind and keep your focus on your goals. You can accomplish it, uh, even uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Steve, you hear that, Steve? Terry? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and that's what me and Terry been in, trying to instill in the young kids. You know, when we go, we get them on the show and talk to them. We try to tell them the same thing, exactly what you guys have said, Steve and uh, Mr. McMillan. You know, anything you accomplish, you can, you know, put your mind to it, you can do it. You know, just have the faith and keep God in your life, and anything, everything is, is, is there for you. Hello? Definitely, Hello? definitely, definitely yes, agree I'm that. Still here. So, uh, we might take a break, but uh, Mr. McMillan, thanks for calling. Anything you want to say before you uh, we get off? Yes, I just want to uh, say thanks to my son for hanging in there and being a strong young man that he is and uh, keep the good work up and whatever he put his mind to do, even now, he can get it done. And y'all have a blessed day. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Well, Terry, he said that all in a nutshell, didn't he, Terry? He said it all. Yes, he did. <laughs> Steve, you got great folks there, you know, and, and that's why I try, you know, the younger listener, listen today, that, you know, it comes from your parents. It starts from them, mm-hmm. and then you know and you respect your parents, you respect your coaches and everybody along the line, and you're going to be not only a great athlete but a great student and person in the, in the world, right? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, and then you know, for the for kids that actually don't have the both the parents in the home, <clears throat> you always surround yourself with family members that's always positive, and that will be positive in your life. And you know, the goals that you set for yourself, they will have uh, your back at a hundred percent. So always surround yourself with those people that will help you move uh, a positive agenda forward. I like that, Steve. I like that. What we're going to do is we'll take a break. And then we come back, Steve. We'll get into, you know, when he was in Atlanta. And we'll talk about, you know, um, the position of what a young kid had to play to become a successful um, corner in the league or just in college or in ball. So this sure. is Jack Loving, hosting uh, Loving That Sports Talk. And we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm a co-host, Terry Jackson, and my guest, special guest, Steve McMillan. You know, Steve, we were sitting there when we was on the break. It was lovely to have your mom and dad, you know, the surprise guest to call in on us, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I didn't expect that. It kind of took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we almost learned about you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that was good that they called in and, you know, get them on the line. Just, you know, I like to have a younger here to hear, you know, people's parents and how they grew up because, you know, you're a parent now, you know, they want to see who, who, who will raise you, you know? Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm a parent and I got, I had a couple of grandchildren this summer. Well, see, we're going to jump right into it because I, I, I've been trying to get you on the show. I had a lot of people come on, you know. I play receiver, you know. I know, I always tell people that a guy is learning something. I say, I can teach you how to be the defensive back, but I can't teach you how to play defensive back. But since I got you on there, I want to know that other side of that, that the field, you know, because I'm looking to beat you, and, I, and my mindset is always to get up, get you, you know. And, and what's a defensive a corner or a defensive um, mindset, you know, because you know, as in the NFL, it's all about mental, you know. You, mm-hmm. it's, you they know you're gonna be physically fit to play, but it's mental. Can you explain that to us? Oh, exactly. Um, you know, as a as a DB defensive back, you always have to have to have that mindset to to shut shut the opponents down at receiver because you're sitting out there at corner. 
you're on that island by yourself. If you ever run into a defense back, say, oh, I've never been beat deep. He's lying to you because you get beat every now and then. You got Champ Bailey, one of the best in the, in the league. He gets beat every now and then. But the mindset, once you get beat, how are you going to regroup from getting beat? Are you going to let the receiver get in your mind and tell you you can do it again, or are you going to go up there and have that attitude come back at me, try it again? So as a DB, you have to have that mindset, first and foremost, that you're going to lock that receiver down. And, you know, that, all, that comes with a lot of training, a lot of uh, um, heart, and you just, just uh, set your mind before, before each and every play and understand what defense you're in and understand the tendencies of the receiver. Now, I know, um, Steve, me and Terry have uh, talked about this. I don't know Terry might want to spend on more, but it's fundamental important, you know, for this. We always thought it is. And uh, coaches is not teaching fundamentals at a, a lower level, so these kids are not. Is that what we said, Terry? Yeah. Um, you know, some of our coaches, especially at the high school level and, you know, and, and even at the junior high level, seem like they want to win right now and, and, and they don't spend much time teaching our kids, you know, fundamentals because you're going to get a lot of kids that haven't played and, and a lot of kids that haven't played much, you know. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with that because uh, you, you're going to, anybody can coach a talented kid. That's the easy part. It's coaching and bringing out the kids that have the potential or kids that really like the game and uh, and like to play. But us as coaches, we do have to understand how to coach that kid, teach the fundamentals, understand the position. And a lot of coaches nowadays will just try to put that talented kid, the ball in the talented kid's hand, and see how many points they can score without teaching the total defense, total offense, and the concepts and the fundamentals of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what, what do you think is difficult about, teach, about teaching and coaching a talented kid? Have you, have you had that opportunity yet? Well, um, yes. Um, I, the, the difficulty is, is you know, it's, it's on the kid. If he has the talent, but he's not understanding the fundamentals, you know, because playing defensive back, you have to have the fundamentals down. You have to understand um, at the high school level. I know the, the younger children, it's, you know, backpedaling. It's just the fundamentals of backpedaling. However, at the collegiate level as well as the high school level, you're teaching the fundamentals of backpedaling. You're teaching to read and react on the quarterback's first three steps. You're, you're looking at the, uh, the posture of the receiver. You teach a lot of different things. Sometimes you can have a, t- a most talented kid in the world and he cannot understand what you're trying to teach him. So you have to uh, bring it to a point to where, you know, um, what, what, what's suitable for him. You know, he may not be able to backpedal um, and turn and run with the receiver when the three-yard cushion is broken. He may be a talented, fast kid, so you put him up there to bump and run. Mm-hmm. So you got to just coach the kid on where they're at. All right. But all at the same time, continue to mentor and teach them the fundamentals. Because one day it will click in. It may not click in, you know, his freshman, sophomore year, his junior year. It may click in, but the coaches have to be consistent and understand what to teach. You know, you have coaches out there that really don't understand what to teach. You have coaches that played high school football, but they really 
don't understand the fundamentals. I think every coach needs to go through uh, collegiate camps when they're in town and, uh, you know, expand on their craft. If, if you're going to be in coaching, if you're going to be a head coach, a position coach, you have to expand on your craft and learn like you're a student. I couldn't agree more. Steve, I have a question, and, um, man, it's been beating me up over and over, and I, I can't figure it out. Uh, you know, I, I haven't coached, and, you know, I know Terry, Terry does some of the and he knows. But I'm lost when you these coaches have a, a kid that's talented, but it's not bringing this kid out to, I know he's talented, but they need to bring out more from these kids. You know what I'm saying? How do we need to motivate them? I know you said these coaches need to be more coached, but, I mean, what do they need to do to bring more out of this kid? Because if you just let a, a talented kid just be talented, he's not being his best, right? Well, you know, you always have to take a, a kid on where they're at. You know, they can have all the talent in the world, but where are they at? Mentally, what is their family life? Because you, you'll get into situations where you have the most talented kid in the world, but at home some things are going on, and which would affect his play on the field. So you really have to find out where that kid's at. Um, also, evaluate the kid on where his talent is at. You know, sit down and talk to the kid. And have that relationship with the kid in reference to them being able to talk to you and they don't understand. Because you, you'll find a lot of kids that does have talent and, you know, his teammates know that. However, he don't want to ask the question because, you know, he have all the skills, so he don't want to seem like uh, he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of coaches that foster that and they don't, sit down and ensure the kids understand what cover three, cover two, uh, man-to-man coverage, the technique, you're, you're, what you're in and man-to-man opposed to zone. So to bring out the best in the kid, you have to find out where that kid is at. Because, you know, I've worked with kids long enough, and um, there's always something that you can bring out in that kid. Now, you have also have to deal with the attitude. So if a kid has an attitude and don't want to listen to the coach, that's, the, that's another problem, you know, and yeah. think, think they know it. And sometimes parents uh, foster that attitude as well because, you know, his kid was the best kid on the team when they were young. They gave him the ball all the time. Um, he shut down the best receivers in Little League. Now he's in high school, so the kid – is listening at some things from the house at home that you, you're you the best kid out there. You should be on the field. You just go out there and uh, play the way you've learned in the past, and that's based on his t- talent and ability. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's lined up against a receiver that's just as good as you are. You know, you're not the best anymore. So that's where we as coaches have to recognize that and try to bring out the, the best in the kid. And sometimes it takes you sitting down with the parents and having a conversation with the parents as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's tough um, really uh, coaching kids with that mentality because I've uh, seen kids that have all the talent in the world, but they just want to be on their, on their own. And you, you do everything that you can. However, the kid has to want to learn and has to want to be successful as well, not on his own terms. As you know as well as I do, James, Terry, if they go into college with the same attitude, 
they will not play. No, they, they will not succeed at all. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. I mean, you know, I kind of ran into a little bit of that with, with Terry Jr. Uh, as he was growing up. Um, he was just a very talented kid. There, there, there wasn't anything that he couldn't do, you know. Um, and he just grasped things so easily. He would go and win the Pepsi Hot Shot Challenges, you know, at the rec center every time. Uh, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, you know, he's just just got to, uh, you know, just killing kids. Well, he quit working so hard because he was just that much head and shoulders above everybody else. Well, when these kids started growing up and, and, and he started getting into some competition, I noticed a little attitude problem. You know, uh, me and his mom had to sit down and, and, and talk to him a little bit. We had to take him off the court a couple of times and say, hey, what's going on, Terry? You know, uh, well, the problem was is that he quit working, you know, and these other kids got better, and it was competition. He didn't know how to deal with it, you know, but being the type of kid he is, what did he do? He he got in the gym. He, he started working. He started listening, and, and things started coming back to him, and he started, you know, rising again. So... I can speak on that firsthand. That's 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 also true. Oh, exactly. Steve, do, do you see a lot of that in kids? What Terry was talking about? You know, kids are so good, like Terry Jr., and then they stop working. Because the other, do you see that a lot? Oh yeah, I, I've seen that a lot. Um, you know, you have kids that's uh, larger, faster, stronger um, in middle school, get to high school, and they're dominating in middle school, get to high school. You know, freshman year doing the same thing sophomore, their uh, peers have this growth spurt, and they're getting stronger. And so they kind of uh, relax and don't want to have that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, again, I was, uh, you know, the, I always worked very hard, you know. Um, I was blessed with speed, and but, you know, as I grew up, you know, there was kids that was just as fast as me. So I, I wanted to learn how I can make myself faster. And I want to learn how I can get stronger. And as I got to college, <clears throat> my freshman and sophomore year, you know, I kind of messed around a little bit. I started my freshman year after four games, so things came easy then, sophomore year. But then, you know, I had to get stronger. If I wanted to take it to the next level, I had to get stronger, I had to get faster, I had to learn what to study. Thankfully, up at Wyoming, we had some coaches that actually coached in the pros when they came in the second, uh, when we got our other coaches. And um, they instilled in us to study. Like you're studying in college, you study film, study the tendencies of receivers. I'm speaking of a defensive back, and James, you know as well as a receiver, you're studying the film, you're studying uh, the defensive back's tendencies as well. Right. And so um, you have to always be a student of the game and study and always uh, improving upon your craft. Although you, you, in your mind you may think you're the best, the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, there's always somebody else out there that's going to be bigger, faster, and stronger than you. You know, Steve, I don't mean to cut you off. We'll take a break. But you said something good I want, when we come back from break that you talk about. I want you to talk about how I went from high school your work habit to college to when you went to Atlanta Falcon and, and, and tell the listener how it differed and it changed for you. You know what I'm saying? Because, like you say, you can't stay the same. You know, I couldn't run the same routes I ran in high school and college from college to Philly. You know what I'm saying? 
So I want you to talk about that, but we're going to take another break. When we come back, we got guest Steve McMillan on the line, and we got co-host Terry Jackson. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, back host of Loving That Sports Talk with my co-host Terry Jackson on the line. You there, Terry? I'm here. And we got Steve McMillan, I guess, one of my teammates, friends, brothers, whatever you want to call him, an enemy when we was on the field. But before we went to break, Steve, you made a good point. You talked about how kids, you know, how you had to go in the film room and study. You know, I know I couldn't run the same routes I ran in high school uh, when I came to college. And then one from college, from the pro, I couldn't run. But can you kind of uh, um, talk about how different your work habit was from high school where you changed it to college or work? Because I know when we was in college, I always wanted to go against you, you know, the Reggie Berry that play, because I knew you guys were great and y'all work hard. Y'all weren't going to relax on me and let me catch the ball. You know what I'm saying? Remember that? We had some fierce fights on the field, didn't we, Steve? Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, and I, I, and, and I will start with high school. High school, you know, um, was when I wish we had the strength and conditioning classes back in high school when I played that the, some of these schools have today because, I mean, you know, I think I would have been a lot bigger, a lot faster, a lot stronger. However, high school, 
you know, we talked about getting by with, you know, speed and all that. And I always worked. I always ran to ensure that I had my speed. But I wasn't a big weightlifting person, okay? Um, I went up to um, University of Wyoming at 175 pounds soaking wet. I was All-American in track. But when I got there, my freshman and sophomore year, I, mean, I remember my freshman year, we had to push up 225 as many times as we can. And I believe my freshman year in, in Wyoming, I pushed it up twice. And then I seen some of these other guys uh, push it up, you know, 10 times. So I was embarrassed. I'm like, man, this will never happen again. So the competitiveness in me came out. So I kind of ramped up my lifting, my freshman sophomore year and uh, I was at you know about 182 pounds at the end of my freshman and sophomore year then what really woke me up is that uh, I had the opportunity to get you know a few interest letters in my junior year from the NFL you know um, requesting some information and whatnot so I started looking at different workout programs, how can I get bigger and stronger? And I started looking at, uh, like, Galen Thaxton. What is he doing? Galen was All-American. You know, I wanted to lift with the strong guys. I was a defensive back, okay, but the linebackers are strong people. I wanted to lift with the strong guys and find out what they're doing to increase my strength. So I started working at, working harder to prevent injuries as well, start working out after practices. Normally, I was working out, you know, during during the morning session, work out in the morning, go to class, come to practice, and go back go back to the dorms. But we started working out after practice, you know, and that does prevent injuries. Just doing the extra things, speed work, practice work. Now, um, that's the college. When I went to Atlanta, I went to Atlanta at 188 pounds, and... I seen the workout, different workouts. They when I signed with Atlanta, they mailed me a workout program. So I was doing that because I wanted to go to training camp and I wanted to be ready. Uh, before training camp, they had a mini camp, which we went up there, you know, for a few weeks to learn what's going on. So I went there, and you have to work out even harder because of competition at that level. You're fighting for a job. High school, college came easy, but now you're you have all pro uh, um, people there. You're you're a rookie. You're coming in. You want to fit right in. You want to play. And, you know my mentality on every level is to make a special teams first. So I'm gonna do what I can to make a special team. I want to be as strong as I can to make that special teams. Then I know I travel. Then you know we'll start working on the other position at at corner. I started working out again with the stronger people, which were the linebackers. You had Jesse Tuggle bench press 300 pounds like 35 times. I started working out with them in three months' time. I went from, you know, 188 to 205, and the strength and conditioning coach told me, McMillan, you're a corner. You need to settle down, son. <laughs> so I, I had to pull back a little bit, but I was still working hard, still running, and learning. Learning is a key that separates you from your competition. So watched a lot of film, even watching the tendencies of the other receivers in practice. Because, love, you know as well as I, I do, is that, like you said, we have fierce battles at Wyoming. 
I never like to get beat even in practice. Right. So we we was gonna go um, to the end of practice, even if practice was over. You know, we found ourselves sometimes out there covering each other after practice because Love then caught a ball on me or I got a pick. So we still have to practice sometimes, even, you know, covering each other at that point in time. But each level is different, and you have to approach approach it now. If I can, you know, speak on to the young kids, approach it now as you you will never have this game again. You know, and that you know that you laid everything out on the line um, to, to be successful. So you will not, never have any regrets later on. Steve, here's a question for you. Do you think, and, 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 and what you're talking about is, is just the spirit of competition, which, you know, in, in our generation, I, I think, uh, talking to Love and talking to other guests on the on the show and stuff like that, we had that spirit of competition that, you know, we wanted to win. We weren't going to let you beat us. Do you think that these kids nowadays, for the most part, have that spirit of, you know, of competition and, and, and wanting to wanting to win and wanting to be the best, and I don't want to go home until I do this. Do you think that our, uh, a lot of these kids that you see and you coach have that kind of kind of competition attitude? It's um, there. There. There's some. It's not as many as it was. Um, you know, you have kids that want to get to practice and get practice over with and, and go home mm-hmm. um, because they just feel that either parents just have them out there or they, they don't take the game serious or what they're doing serious. Um, they just want to get out there, get it over with, and done. But then you have those that uh, will get out there and have that spirit of competition. You know, um, when I coach the defensive backs, you know, I tell them that, you know, we're the best athletes, although love may disagree, but <laughs> we're the best athletes on that field. Because a receiver know where they're going. Mm-hmm. We don't as a defensive back. So it's a read and react. We have to read and react to an out route, to a hook route, to an in route, to a fly. We have to read and react. And, you know, I always try to coach that spirit of competition and that, that they're in competition in practice. I've seen so many watered-down practices as well where mm-hmm. the, the, the spirit of competition is not even coached. Right. So that's something that has to be coached, and I'm talking about from a younger age all the way up through high school. Is that it's competitive? It's, 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 you know, everything is to me. Everything is competitive. If you're going against somebody on the opposite side, if you want, you want to win, you know. And I don't know. I may have somebody, you know, disagree with me, but to me, um, it's about winning. It's not about just having fun. Yes. It's about having fun, but you know you have. It's about having fun. You go out there and have fun, um, and just just do the best you can to have fun. No, to me, it's about winning, and uh-huh. I, I think that's where the spirit of competition is slacked off too. Because as we grew up, it was about winning mm-hmm. and having fun. Yeah, not winning just is about fun. having fun and just <laughs> get out there and do what you can. Yeah, but isn't that what you said, Terry? These kids nowadays they want to win. They're not willing to take. Yeah, you know, yeah, I I think so. I think, you know, and and I can only speak from from what I know, and that is, we just had a a number one seed football team, our crosstown rivals in Chona County, lose last week to uh, 
to another team. I can't remember if it was Sheridan or Cheyenne East. But Natrona was number one, and there's, there isn't a team that should have beat them. There really isn't. Uh, and, and talking to my son on their last game, it was almost like we're just ready for this to be over, you know? And it was, it was really disappointing to hear that. Uh, and it wasn't just the Kelly Walsh kids. It was some NC kids as well. And it's like we're just tired. We're tired of this. I don't understand that because I never wanted the season to end. And I don't think you guys wanted the season to end. You know, it, it's something about I'm just, I, I, I've had enough of this. Now I want to do something else, you know. And it just seems like they just, oh, okay, well, I'm tired of it. Now I'm going to put it away. And that's some of the attitude that I'm seeing from some of these kids. And I don't understand that. I don't understand where that's coming from. You know, um, Terry, I think uh, the the coaches have a lot to do with that and the way you carry yourself through practice, the way you communicate to your kids on how important things are. And, you you know, as a coach, they have to really relate everything to their life, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and how how success on the field or what have you will transit over to to their lively duties and their workplace, their uh, collegiate in the classroom when they're in college. Um, you know, we have to really, as coaches, take a, a more of a caring, active role. And, you know, I, I've been places and seen coaches, I'm talking about at every level, that uh, you can you can see by their actions they give. They have given up and want things to be over too, especially when you're losing. Mm-hmm. You know the coaches. You know you you see actions when they're losing that they the game plans are not like they used to be. Um, they're not putting different schemes in. They're just playing the scheme for a team that they played earlier in the season, so they're not preparing the kids accordingly. You know, and kids notice that. Uh, believe it or not, they really do notice. And, you know, we, we have to really be mindful of our, our actions and our attitudes around these kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, I hate, to, I hate to keep talking about our coaches or, or, or putting things on our coaches, but ultimately I, I think that's where it falls. Um, and that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, granted, we do have some good coaches out there. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. all coaches are like that. We do have good coaches out there. And you know, and uh, but we have to uh, instill in these kids too that they do have to take an ownership role as well. Absolutely, parents have to take an ownership role as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, coaches can only do as much as they are allowed. Even if you know we're just continually talking to the kid, if a kid is falling on deaf ears, then it's not going to help anyway. But mm-hmm. as a coach. You have to understand, you know that you've done everything that you can for those particular kids that kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah. Um, then, you know, I I would be happy as a coach if I know I've done and laid out everything for that kid, you know. so. You, you know, uh, I, I hate to, I want to change up because you said something um, back in the thing, Steve. I want to 
talk about, you know, Terry, you could help me with this because I worked out with your son, and I told your son, Terry Jr., and Steve, I know you, you're not going to agree with this, but, you know, let's talk about it because I always felt, and what you said, um, Steve, I agree, the defensive back is the best on the field. He has to be because I know where I'm going. You don't. And I told Terry Jr., I said, you should always have a bench because you know where you're going. As me as a receiver, I, I didn't think, um, Steve, a defense back could cover me. And, and that was my mentality, thinking, you know, I know how great you guys were. You, you guys, when made us, was better. Me, Sarge, and Hoffman made us better because we still thought we were the best and we could open, and I thought we'd be. But y'all still was covering us and, and getting the interception at times. And, you know, is, is that right to say, you know, because I know where I'm going. You don't know where I'm going. So I should beat you every time, right? Yeah, but there, there's a couple of key things that, uh, as a defensive back that you look for now, now okay. everybody's going into the spread shotgun offense. It's a little, it's tougher. Mm-hmm. But under the center, as a defensive back, your eyes, you're looking at the first three steps of the quarterback. Now, in the first three steps of the quarterback, that uh, receiver can run a few routes. That's a quick a slant, quick out, or or a five yard or quick hook. So you're eliminating a few routes right then if he's under the center. And now how, how I've taught it with this shotgun look, a quarterback's head is like his first three steps because if they're getting rid of the ball, you know, like you guys' 90-game love, yeah. and if you're in a shotgun, his head, he'll, he'll, he'll look. If it's a short drop, he'll look right to that that quick route from the shotgun look. So now I'm t- I, I have taught to look at the head, but we our alignment is seven to eight yards, so they think they can uh, run those quick routes anyway. So it's a little shuffle step back, and you look, and if his head stop, you go right to the receiver. Receiver keep running, then you gotta you know turn and or get in your pedal and turn and go with them. Um, after the three steps underneath the center or the head movement. You don't look in the court. You don't look in the backfield no more because you lose a receiver. And I think I learned that early on with uh, you know Greg Brown because he was in the NFL, things like that. Um, you know to eliminate those first uh, three routes or first few routes in the short game first, and then uh, just start working and reading the body language of the uh, wide receiver. And as a defensive back, you have to have quick feet. I mean, you, uh, the receiver's breaking his route. If he's chopping his feet, things of that nature, we read those. We, you know, as I got into the pros, I started le- learning how to read the arms. When the arms drop or when they keep running, pumping and running and going on deep routes, so I started to read the body language a lot better then. But it does take practice. And, you know, when I coach, I coach the three-step drop and have the DBs doing their drills according to what my drop was so that they start learning that early. But not all coaches know this stuff. So it's, it, it takes time to, you know, go to the camps and uh, learn from other coaches that already know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, well, say if you are a receiver, Steve, I'm going to put you on the other side of the box. Okay. What would you suggest for, uh, as a young kid? How can they be a defensive back? What would you say? You're One thing, I'm trying to pick your mind as a defensive back. Now, well, I'm gonna take this one from you, love, because you taught me this one. And as a wide receiver, 
as a defensive back, you can. I remember you told me this. You can freeze a DB by looking in his eyes. Uh-huh. And that's what I taught my DBs. Now as a receiver, you look in that eyes, and because as a DB, I teach my DBs to wash the waist. And a lot of DBs will wash the eyes of a receiver. And if you you can freeze them by washing the eyes of the receiver, and secondly by stemming the DB. When you're coming off the line and watching the DB, if he's shaved to the outside, lined up outside, he's in zone. If he's shaved to the inside, he's in man. And so if he's inside, he got to take away the inside first in the man coverage. In the zone, you got inside help. So he's going to be lined up outside. So you got to walk up to the line as a receiver and look at the alignment of that corner. And then that's where you're going to determine on how to stem him. If he's in man, you're going to try to stem him coming off the line and get head up with him first. If you can get head up with him and he's in man and he, he hasn't pedaled inside, you know you can beat him to the inside or the outside. Mm-hmm. If he's in zone, you know um, you know if you run the inside route, then he's got to pass it on or play you man-to-man depending on what's coming in the zone. So alignment of the corner will be the first. Um and you always look at the corner, then if he's a man, then you look at the safety, see where the safety's alignment is as well. If he's in a deep half, so you know it's two-man, or if he's in a man uh, over the tight end, so it's man across the board with no help. I um, I don't know, um, Terry, you know, if I know we talked about it, but I was teaching um, his son, Terry Jr., I was talk to him, you know, he's so talented and all like that, and what I told him, I'm like, I used to love when a cornerback would come up and try and jam me because I feel that's when I knew I really had him. That was the best. You know, is that the, the hardest position to play at the DB? Well, um, with me, as i gotten stronger, that was one of my strengths. Now, one of the things, too, is jamming, and if you miss on the swim move, that, yeah, it's tough. You have to understand... It's a technique to jamming on a receiver because a receiver has to have the strength as well to get the hand, get their hands off, to get DB's hands off of them. And, you know, in college, as long as a DB is in front of you, you can bump them all over the field. So I teach my DB's, if you beat them up at the line, you take them out of his route. Don't give the quarterback no options. But um, as a corner, if you're beat right off that line, you're done. Now I see a lot of DBs now taking that little shuffle step back before they even put their hands on. I think the first thing you have to put your hands on the receiver to have an opportunity. If you start shuffling back, you're done. If you can get, especially playing a Z, and you get that corner shuffling back, and you make a move and he jumps one way or the other, you got him. Yeah. Yeah. I think X at receiver is a little hard because the the corner is right up in your face, and he can, has a better opportunity to get get his hands on you. You just well, have to be as physical as Anything you want to say, Terry, before we? Well, I just I just like to reiterate to all our young listeners out there is that you just have to work hard. You got to keep working hard. You can't never think that what you've done is good enough. What you've accomplished is good enough. And um, I'm, I'd like for him to get back that spirit of of competition. You know, in our, in our sports and athletics, um, hit the books and and work hard. Uh, Steve, um, last but least, go ahead and if you got all your long listers out there, what would you say to them? Um, 
You take care of the classroom as well first because without the classroom you don't you won't go to the next level. Um always mimicking what Terry said, you're you're gonna have to work hard and you're gonna have to uh um be competitive at everything that you do on the field as well as off the field. And just get the drive of winning. Drive of winning. And anytime you line up in front of somebody, anytime you're in a classroom, anytime uh you know you're off the field is the drive of winning. Just get that attitude back and um you'll you'll go a long ways. Well, Steve, I'd like to thank you again for being on the show. And like I said, I'd like to thank you, too, for what you taught me on the field, you know, and off the field. You know, it was, ooh, I tell you, I out there, but it was hard going against you guys. Well, <laughs> you know, it was a battle, bro, but, you know, you taught me how to keep going, you know, not just to give up just because I got beat or knocked down. Get back up and try and catch that ball. So that's why I thank you for all you did. Sure, and thank you, love, for having me on the show, and uh, thank you for our pass as well, man. Uh, and Terry, you know, thank you again. Like you say, Terry Jr. will be heading in another direction of the future. We're looking forward to that. Well, I appreciate it. And Steve, it was great to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Terry. All right, it's James Lovell, host of Metal One Love That's Sports Talk with my guest Steve McMillan and co-host Terry Jackson. See you next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. We'll